Welcome to Podcast at Boatwright. I am Lucretia McCulley, Director of Outreach Services at Boatwright Library. Our author today is Dr. Kevin Kuswa, Director of Debate in the Department of Rhetoric and Communication Studies. Dr. Kuswa is the author of Blow Back the Enemy There, Eras, Terras, and the Rhetorical Agenda of WMDs, a chapter in the recently published book, Entertaining Fear, Rhetoric and the Political Economy of Social Control. Dr. Kuswa has been teaching a class on terrorism and security since 2002, focusing on perhaps the most important social dynamic of our time, the rhetoric of fear. The editors of the book contend that it deepens our understanding of imperial logics and discourses through the trope of blowback, a phrase describing the ways a state's aggressive military action can circle back to confront the state itself. Kevin, thank you for joining us today. And to start off our conversation, what inspired you to write on this particular topic? Thanks, Lucretia, and uh, thanks to the library for putting these podcasts together. Um, I've been studying uh, rhetoric and, and um, American studies for a long time, and so the war on terror became uh, obviously more important after uh, September 11th, but even before that, an intersection of um, state policy and civil rights, where we could see how um, violence is contained and uh, dealt with. Um, and so when I started looking into the war on terrorism, the concept of uh, blowback became interesting because it linked some of the policies the United States uh, pursued in Afghanistan uh, with the recent rise of uh, what we call uh, Al-Qaeda. And through this class that I've been teaching for four or five years now, um, how to interact with Al-Qaeda has become a, a central question for us. And so this paper emerged out of that question and then linked blowback into uh, the, the notion of weapons of mass destruction. And that's where um, I came up with the thesis that uh, we can often see our own military policies reflected in the um, downstream enemies that we end up uh, fighting, especially in, in the war on terror. All right. Well, thank you. Well, as you developed interest in this topic, um, how did students contribute to the development of the mm, book chapter? Good, good question. Mm -hmm. a, a lot of it is because they uh, participate in discussion in this class, and, and the class is... is very much based on bringing in contemporary artifacts and, and discussing current events. And so in, in a way, they informed me with information about the news of the day. And then they also became uh, kind of an unsuspecting audience for some of the uh, theories that, that I was working on. Um, and uh, ultimately, I realized that the students aren't going to be able to know about their era, about where they are and what's important to their government without learning about the war on terrorism. And they would come to that realization as well, and so it became kind of a mutual uh, desire to, to understand uh, the war on terrorism. All right. Well, thanks for sharing that. That's mm -hmm. interesting how you both came together on that. Well, jumping, I guess, from maybe the university campus to more the national scene, what does your work tell us about the current war on terrorism and the direction the Obama administration is taking? 
Um, another good question. One of the things that I found in teaching this class is a shift um, from criticizing the war on terrorism and being uh, somewhat suspicious of the erosion of civil liberties into more recently a sense that we have to engage in this struggle in some way, um, that there isn't really a way to um, abandon this, this, this fight. Um, and so uh, when we look towards the Obama administration, it is not as different um, as we might think as it, when compared to the, to the previous administration and, and the way um, the Bush administration fought the war on terrorism. Both Obama and Bush are looking for a place where they can show progress. And instead of Iraq, we're now looking at Afghanistan. And so I think when we um, deliberate over whether a military presence should um, be in Afghanistan, especially over the long term, it is important to remember how difficult it is to really occupy uh, any country in the region, let alone one that has defied occupation for, for decades, if not longer. Um, so we'll sort of see how the uh, military presence pans out, but the recent decision to send another 30,000 troops doesn't exactly heed the lessons uh, of, of history uh, in that country, unfortunately. Right. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you. Well, coming back um, to the students a little bit more, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. how would you envision undergraduate students using the chapter and the book for their study and research, not only here at Richmond, but elsewhere? Mm -hmm. um, certainly anyone studying U.S. policy in uh, the war on terror, and in particular uh, the link to weapons of mass destruction, can find citations and, and uh, hopefully some uh, quotations. To get a little deeper than that, the the method that I think might help students would be to um, take a significant historical event and find the uh, rhetorical phrases that keep appearing um, in discussions about that event. Um, blowback or um, the enemy is um, either against us or with us, those kinds of and, and follow those phrases and then try to find a place where um, different perspectives are using the same phrase to uncover um, either unspoken assumptions about that event um, or directions that we might not have, have previously come up with about that event. So, so in this case, um, if students were able to um, locate uh, new phrases appearing in the way we talk about Afghanistan, uh, women's rights, um, or uh, building infrastructure, and to see how that uh, dovetails with the way we're exiting Iraq, that might be an example of a new uh, route to, to research. Um, hopefully students will just start asking questions about the era we're in and, and how uh, terrorism works, uh, and, and, and that's sort of the main uh, thesis of the, of, of the chapter. Okay, well great. Well, I hope it will be used widely. Yeah, <laughs> I do too. And um, last of all, how did library services support you in writing about mm. this topic? Well, all, all of the citations and research are uh, 
dug up here at, at the University of Richmond and, and, and Boatwright, um, but in particular, our uh, library liaison, uh, Laura uh, Horn-Pop, has uh, met with the students in the class over the last uh, two to three years, and she'll provide citations and guidance for the students on their paper. And so when they bring that guidance back to me, I can um, very quickly uh, suggest uh, research directions. And so when I have ideas and some of those get uh, reflected and mirrored and some of the research projects the students pursue, it kind of becomes a, a mutual uh, process in the same way the discussion does in, in, in the class. Um, so really, I, I think Laura's been helping to teach the class in a lot of ways. And so um, all of these ideas are, are um, being tossed back and forth in, in, in our class discussion. So I'm looking forward to that in the future as well. Okay, sounds like a very collaborative effort. Yeah. Well, thank you, Dr. Kessler, thank you. for your conversation today. Um, Entertaining Fear, Rhetoric and the Political Economy of Social Control is available in Boatwright Library and is on sale in the University Bookstore. You've been listening to podcasts at Boatwright. Your host was Lucretia McCauley. Our guest was Dr. Kevin Kuswa. Editing and production was performed by Andy Morton. Visit Boatwright Library on the web at library.richmond.edu.